0: Welcome to the Crunch with Crib creative I'm Jess and each week we're going to be diving into the stories of some of Perth's best agents and business people how they got where they are and what they learned along the way Welcome to a special edition of the Crunch recorded live at re Barcamp 2018. This episode features Karina Ballard of Jones Ballard Property Group telling us why if we think something is impossible we should think the opposite I. I, I chose my topic because really I didn't ever dream that I could become rewire president and I actually did become the first national president as well who was female so that was quite a chore. but I thought I'd just share with you what i 've done since I started in real estate um, since I started my career really, um, and then I would take you into the real estate side and show you how everywhere i 've gone another opportunity opens up, and even today, standing here, I think, why am I here? And it's because there's an opportunity, and you never know what comes of another opportunity, so here I am. Now, look, I've just got um, a piece of music I wanted to share with you, if it comes through. We're not sure, it's a test. But if you can, if you can just quietly listen to it, it's just a a different sort of introduction, and it's all about, oh, you've actually got on the screen, my goodness. And it's something I heard and I've actually found it very inspirational um, and found that it's worked for me in everything I've done and every now and again I listen to it and I think, gee, that's good. So I'd just like to share it with you. So if you don't mind, let's see if we can make it work.
1: For me, on the sign of infinity, all oh, you of the earth. With the granting of the law of provenation comes the application of change. I will give you the key. And with this knowledge, please realize, comes the responsibility of sharing it. I will show you the way very simple. Throughout the universe, there is order in the movement of the planets, in nature, and in the functioning of the human mind. A mind that is in its natural state of order is in harmony with the universe, and such a mind is timeless. Your life is an expression of your mind. You are a creator of your own universe. For as a human being, you are free to will whatever state of being you desire through the use of your thoughts and words. There is great power. can be a blessing, or a curse. It's entirely up to you. For the quality of your life is brought about by the quality of your thinking. Think about that. Thoughts produce actions. Look at what you are thinking. See the pettiness and the envy, and the greed, and the fear, and all the other attitudes that cause you pain, and discomfort. Realize that the one thing you have absolute control over is your attitude. See the effect that it has on those around you, for each life is linked. To all life And your words carry with them Chain reactions Like a stone that is thrown into a pond If your thinking is in order Your words will flow directly from the heart Creating ripples of love If you truly want to change your world, my friends, you must change your thinking. Reason is your greatest tool. It creates an atmosphere of understanding which leads to caring, which is love. Choose your words with care. Go forth with love.
0: I think we heard that in the wedding, didn't we? Go forth with love. But anyway, um, for me, that's something that I think in real estate often isn't practiced enough. That people look inside themselves. They're often looking to blame someone for something. But look, my career path, just to give you an idea, normal, ordinary person, very shy, didn't didn't get to the top of anything. Um, My headmistress said, when I was asked what I was going to do, I said, I'd like to be a nurse. She said, oh, I don't think that's for you, because at that stage you're a nurse, a teacher, or a secretary. That was the choices for women. Um, I went into nursing, and I ended up getting an opportunity to run my own ward at Royal Perth Hospital, and I specialised in burns and plastic surgery, then had children. So... I did become a nurse, and and really what she did was a good thing. She said, you can't do that. And that's why my topic is if you think it's impossible, think differently, think the opposite. It is possible, everything's possible. My father had said to me before I went nursing, you should go into real estate. He was a bit of a land guru, and he had bought property and became quite wealthy by buying property, and I did admire him. But it was because he was telling me to do it that I couldn't do it. So, I ended up, when in nursing, it changed. They brought in rules where people became um, trained at university, not real nurses. And I decided that was enough. It was time for me to move on. So, I went to um, tech, and it was called then, and I went and did my real estate licence. So I decided that I didn't want it just to just be a sales rep. If you're going to go for it, you might as well go for the top. So, I got my licence and thought, OK, now I need a job. At that stage, you also had to have had someone who would recommend you or put their name on the line and say they'd employ you. So, I just knew someone who knew someone who said, I'll give you that letter um, if you want to go into real estate, but you have to come and work for me. So, I went and worked for this fellow for about six months And he used to ring me at ten past nine. I'm a mum. I had to get the kids to school. And he'd say, you know, you're not in the office. But when I got to the office, it was stony cold silence, a couple of people working there, a desk and a phone. It was the typical, absolute typical of what you'd all been told could happen. Now, I didn't really know much about real estate because when I went and did my course, I didn't know what a conjunctional was. I didn't know the terminology. So I became quite friendly with a few of the the people there, and they helped me. And one of them in particular, one of the fellows, he used to come and help study with me, teach me the terminology, and, in fact, he worked in that same office that I went to, and I'll be forever grateful um, because he gave me my first listing and said, look, you take this, you go and sell it. And I sold it on Christmas Day. Now, no-one in their right brain would be working on Christmas Day, but I did. Um, So, after six months, I thought, well, he bought me my cards... I've made a sale, and I don't owe him a brass razzoo. So, I summoned up courage because I don't resign from anything, but I did resign, and I then had to find myself a position, and I thought, well, I won't just uh, read the ads. I think I will go and interview the people. I will go to to the jobs, and I will arrive at the office, and I'll see if I like the feel of the office, and if I like the feel, I'll ask for an appointment. Well... I probably went to about 10 offices, and some of those people are now icons in real estate, the people who said, I won't employ you, because what I wanted was, I knew what I wanted. I wanted to sell real estate, but I also wanted to stay nursing, so I wanted to work from 2.30 to 11 at night nursing, and I'd give real estate the rest of the hours. Now, I did have a husband and two children. They missed out a lot. Not good time management, but they missed out a lot. We did work Sundays and Saturdays, and you did an hour at every home open, and if you had lots of stock, you just kept working. Um, to find my job, having had quite a few knockbacks, in fact, everyone knocked me back, it was quite interesting. And then I saw this sign. I was taking one of the kids to music. I thought, oh, I'll just ring those people. I didn't even know where the office was. So I rang them. It was a funny name. It was Bill Cross and Company. Now, they were just across Canning Bridge in Como. So it's one of those things that I sometimes think you take the opportunity, it leads you somewhere. Bill Cross and Company had two people working there. Bill Cross, his brother-in-law, Mike Quinn, who consequently became my business partner, and they had other people working there doing... Um, real, uh, not real estate, sorry, doing um, technical uh, stuff. They were actually writing programs for real estate trust accounting systems. So Bill had actually been a developer. He built lots of properties and went nearly went bust in the in the 1983 downturn. And, but they were developing the trust account system called RETAS, which now is your rock end because Bill sold it to Rock End. So, all the systems that have come out of Rockend, we, we were the bunnies. And so, in my office, I learned an awful lot. So, I had a lot of, you know, information there. Um, Mike, when I went for my interview, I was told, well, I knocked on the door and a nice lady came out and said, oh, look, I'm terribly sorry. They're really busy. Um, could you come back later? But, you know, if, you, if you're really keen, you could go and see this guy, Mike, at his home open. And I used to sit and watch Days of Our Lives at lunchtime, so it was a bit inconvenient. Mm -hmm. So I went home, watched a bit of the beginning, and then I thought, oh, I'd better go and have this interview. So I went out, met this... Well, I went there, and there was a car in the drive. And I thought, oh, he's got a visitor. So I went home again, which wasn't far away. Went back a half an hour later, and um, I went in, and I was so scared. And this guy came out, and I said, look, I've come to have an interview. And he said, oh, I didn't think you'd turn up. I said, "Well, I'm here." So we had my interview was in the driveway of a house, and that person was so nice because he said to me, "I said I want to work part time in in nursing, and I want to give the rest to real estate." And he said, "My wife's a nurse. I understand what that's like. Why don't? When do you want to start?" And I thought, "God, this is easy," and he's a really nice man. So I um, actually said I'll start at Easter, and and I turned up on the Monday or the Tuesday, and um, he was still mystified that I'd turned up. I found out that they'd just fired. They had a team. They had no sales. They'd fired everybody. And suddenly this, you know, me walks in. So within a year, I I was just given lots of stock. So how lucky am I? I? I got a listing bank. Nobody used to come to the properties. Three months later, Bill Cross said to Mike, will she ever sell anything? But, you know, I was working really hard. And if you work really hard, you will sell something or you will succeed in whatever you do. So, after three months, I did write three offers on one day and it was so exciting because I did it all by myself. One, one was two pages of general condition, of conditions. The woman was a mongrel, but anyway. <laughs> three, three offers and I, I got them all through and I turned up on Monday morning and I still got those offers. And I had them tied with a red bow and I just put them on Mike's desk and I thought, I'm there, I've done it. So, from then on, it was all good news. Um, somebody spoke to me once and said, you know, could I come and work at your office? It seems like it's a good place. And um, I went and spoke to Bill and I said, oh, is this lady who wants to come and work with us. And he said, you know, if you hire them, you've got to be able to fire them. And I thought, oh, that's not a problem because I'm not going to fire her, she'll help me. You know, within about a year she was hopeless and one day she said, I don't know what to do next. And I said, Well, why don't you just go home and leave? And she went, And that's how you could do it in those days. You can't do it now. So <laughs> Bill was away, he came back and he said, Where's what's her name? And I said, Well, Bill, I, I fired her. And he said, My God. He said, So what what's the plan? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do now? I said Um, I'd like to buy you out. And he went, because Mike had been in my ear, Mike also was seeing that we were making money and he could get some extra money too if he was joined to me as a business partner. So he was talking to me and I was thinking, oh, yeah, we could do this. So anyway, Bill said, it was amazing, he just said, come in, come and sit down. Bill had this big office and the big desk and the big chair and a big beard and he was a very ferocious looking man. He became one of my closest and dearest friends, and and since, you know, Mike and he have both passed on. But, you know, those two guys helped me make it. And they helped me with the going into real estate and REWA. REWA, within um, the two years after I'd finished, Bill said, I'm not being very honest with the board. I need to actually have a licensee. You've got the license. You've got two years practical. Go for your license and then you'll be a director, and I still ignorant, didn't know you should, as a director, what all the responsibilities were, but I thought, yeah, one step closer to owning my own business, so I did go and get, become a director and got my licence as the licensee for that company. So, when we went into business, we were right, we were ready to go, and we stayed as Bill Cross & Company for a long time. Mike and I then, whilst we were under that umbrella, went and bought a Strata role, so, Strata titles became a very easy thing for me to understand um, and that's part of the background for the stuff that happened to me later. I've just got to look at my watch. I'm all right, Peter, aren't I? Just for a few more minutes. Anyway, out of all that, I ended up becoming very involved in reware. I got onto every committee you could possibly get on because I was encouraged to learn and to know and I loved people. So I spent my whole time, even though shy, walking into all these things, going to Southern Agents Group meetings and so on, and I, I found that out of that, doing all these different committees, I then thought, well, I'd like to stand for REWA president one day or to get on the council. So I got on the council. I failed the first time. It's very hard to go back when you failed, but I thought, no. So I went back, stood again, got on, and the story goes on from there. So I spent 12 years on the REWA council, And it was the men who encouraged me to go and become the president. There were no ladies on our council, but those guys got behind me and said, You can do it, you can do it. It's time we had a lady at the front. And it was the men who talked me into it. One of the rules that came in while I was in my time was I then looked around the room and they were all, a lot of them were old fuddy duddies, but I loved them. And those guys, I said to them, You know, you shouldn't be sitting here 15, 20 years later. They've been there for 15 and 20 and 25 years on the council, running our industry. And I thought, we need new people. So I actually managed to talk them into allowing me to introduce a rule which meant people had to leave after 12 years on the council, and it's like that now. Because I was Rewire President, I ended up in some great spots. I ended up sitting next to people in high places whenever there was a ball or there was a function on. So I got to know... Politicians, I got to know leaders of government departments, and out of those government departments, I got asked to go on Landgates, Customer Service Council. I met important people there, you'd call them important. I I thought they were important. They then said to me, Why don't you come and do interviews on state government bodies where I actually helped interview people for the Valuer General's job, for the Port Authority, all sorts of jobs like that. So I got asked to come in. Because I was a neutral person, so I came in and did work um, doing interviews. I then got asked to go on to the the Heritage Council. So I spent a year doing that. That was pretty hard work. Um, They have paperwork like this that you read, and you don't get paid at all for it. Um, I then, When the Strata Act was being changed, I went up to the minister at at Parliament House, because I got to know him, and said, I can help you with this. He asked me to come in. We had a Strata Titles Task Force, so I got appointed to that. So, all those disclosures you write now, I wrote those with the help of the lawyers, but, you know, they were made so that they worked. Now they're going to change it all again, and I'm on a committee at REWA because I can't take my eyes off things. I've got to have my eyes on things. So, you know, spent that time. Now, whilst I was on the REWA Council, I was also given the opportunity to go on to the national body that's a real real boys' club and nothing against the guys here. I notice there's a lot of women in the room. But at the um, over East, it was that was um a flight over, so that's pretty exciting. Rewa was paying for me. So I'd go over to these meetings and come back the next day. I then got asked if I'd be involved in education, and that was the beginning of the CPD points, the beginning of REWA introduced it over in this state. But then gradually it's been introduced right around Australia and what we wanted were higher qualifications. So I got asked to chair a committee over in the eastern states which was called um, the Construction and Property Services Training. And I chaired that. I got, after a couple of years, I was asked to chair it. So I was involved and in charge of chairing a meeting where all the standards that you guys now work by, those standards were set by our committee. We'd go through them you didn't have to be a guru because there were gurus on the committee. All I had to do was chair them and keep them in in place. So, I became involved in that. Shortly after that, having chaired that successfully, government decided to condense their little skills councils, their special people who did training, and they decided to put the building and construction industry with the real estate industry. But real estate was actually property. So, there Conveyances. There was, there were valuers. There were housing industry Australia, MBA, all of those people on our side and on the building. We had the the, the, um, the plumbers, the electricians, the CFMEU, and every other awful union you could possibly imagine. So they then decided to put those two groups together and turn it into one group with a chairperson. And I got asked to chair that. That was interesting. So chairing this meeting of people who didn't want to be put together, and it was called the Construction and Property Services Industry Skills Council, get that, Um, I had that opportunity then to chair it. And I went, I don't even understand things, how can I possibly chair it? And they said, well, you're really good at chairing, and they'll do the work. So I, I did take it on. And I was chairman for seven years, and then I introduced a rule that the chairman shouldn't stay longer than two years, <laughs> because they were under control, and so um, and it became a very healthy bunch of people. Um, I I found that that was probably one of my greatest learning curves, and has given me lots more opportunity. Um, I was at the end of my time there. I was somebody put me in but I got a, an order of Australia which is pretty special so you know it's just been interesting and whilst on that committee I had trips to India I had a trip to China I was you know I've had some wonderful things that have happened because I was prepared to put the work in I'm still selling um, I am still involved on committees I'm, on, I'm, I'm a mentor two minutes uh, nearly finished I'm a mentor on the, at the police academy, so I mentor young people going through in the police and you can go out there to the training. And I then was at a rework function and I saw the minister um, for the Justice Department and I said to him, have you got any board positions? I just introduced myself. And that's what you have to do. Introduce yourself, say why you think you can do something and ask for a job. And I actually got put on the le- legal complaints um, committee. So... That sits over all the, all the lawyers, which is very interesting, but reading like that again, but you do get a small stipend. So I guess at the end of the day, all I can say to you is, I've had a ball, I still sell, I still enjoy what I do, I love sharing my story because you too can do anything you want to do as long as you make sure you just keep aiming for it and don't let people put you off. And don't get in groups. Have a big, wide circle of friends. Join every committee you can find. I'm in Rotary. I run a Rotary market. Keep busy and your life will be so interesting and you will be successful. So thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning into The Crunch. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show, so if you'd like to share them, please email me at jess Don't forget to subscribe if you enjoyed the show and share it with anyone else you think might like it.